You know what's amazing? So the Giants, we've talked about all season long how awful this team has been, right? It started with a 40 uh, to nothing trouncing by the Cowboys. They had that second half comeback uh, against the Cardinals. But then they lose to the Niners, lose to the Seahawks, lose to the Dolphins. Uh, they're what one and four at that point, and you're thinking, man, this is the season from hell. Like this is it's it's bad. Then they go on, they they almost beat the Bills. Uh, they lose to the Commanders. Uh, I'm sorry, they beat the Commanders, and, and and not only are they losing, but Daniel Jones goes out. You've seen Andrew Thomas in and out of the lineup. You're calling for you know some Giant fans were at least entertaining the idea of Brian Dable being given a pink slip just because. Like they start six and one last year, and then since that, they had not won a lot of games. And it had been a long time since you've seen the Giants beat a good team. Yes, they won the playoff game against the Vikings, but then they got smoked by the Eagles, and it was just more of the same this year. And despite all of that, how awful the Giants have been, and we've talked about it week after week after week. Yo, if they win this game today. You know how many wins they'll they'll have as many wins as 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 many as the Jets. The Giants and the Jets will have the same number of wins if the Giants win this game today, which is amazing. Giants, of course, have their bye next week before they uh, are currently on Monday Night Football against the Packers. That game is the first of of, of which could be flexed. Uh, because this starting this year, the NFL is allowed to flex out of Monday night games. And you're thinking the Giants, who wants to see them? Uh, but all of a sudden, the Packers, they're winning. They're 5-6. and six. They're right in the playoff hunt. So maybe that is one that stays in primetime. You get the Green Bay Packer fan base. You get the New York audience. Um, I guess in contention would be Jets-Texans. And it's not about the Jets. It's you know getting C.J. Stroud in primetime. Or uh, Jags-Browns. A uh, pair of seven and three teams right now uh, would would also be a game that could be of interest for for the Monday Night Football audience. But Giants today, I gotta ask this to my guys in the studio because they're both diehard Giant fans. Let's start with you, Tom. You were you know drenched in your your Giant fandom, hating on the Cowboys last segment. Oh yeah. What are you rooting for today? Hey, you want to see them win? They won last week, which was a nice feel good moment, but. You you stockpile enough victories, you can take yourself out of a top ten pick, which would, to me, be the only way you go from this season being just an out outright nightmare to even worse. Yeah, that would be the worst possible thing I could possibly see the Giants doing, Ty. So honestly, I don't want to say I want them to lose, but I just want them to stay in contention for that top ten pick, or let alone a top five pick. If they don't get a Caleb Williams or a Drake May. I'm okay with that. Like, that's okay to me. If you can somehow supplement yourself and get another one of the top QBs in the draft, such as maybe a Bone Nix, a little bit below them, I think you can work with that if it turns out that he would fit the system and everything. So I'm torn because my fandom wants me to win as much as possible, see these guys succeed on the field, fight for their lives, and keep getting those paychecks. But at the same time, if I'm looking at the future you got to hope that they continue to lose. Yeah, so if you look at, oh, Tankathon, which we could fire up here, the Giants right now would be picking fifth uh, if the season ended today at 3-8. and eight. But they somehow win this game against the Patriots, uh, who would be picking third because they're 2-8. and eight. They get to four wins. You know who else has four wins? That would be the L.A. Rams. The L.A. Rams would be picking 12th. And then 
Uh, you you got to look up and see, all right, so who are the teams with five wins? The Packers, the Raiders, the Colts, the Broncos, the Bengals. That takes you to picking 17th. So the difference between where the Giants are now at five and the Bengals are at 17 who are going to continue to lose now that Joe Burrow is out, that's a, that's a difference of 12 spots and just two wins between those two teams. So I, I'm in the same spot, right? Like I started the year thinking my team could win a Super Bowl. Now I have to be rooting for losses because the only shot they have is to, to reel off six straight wins, which is not going to happen. So you just want to capitalize and, and get the highest pick uh, available to you. And at 4-7, and seven, the Jets would be picking eighth. But it, it's just like we can't physically sit in front of our, our, our TV screens, watch these games, and hope for you know Garrett Wilson on a bomb to drop the pass, right? If Tommy DeVito, uh, DeVito airs one out to Slayton, who's active today, and he's wide open, there's no shot you're rooting for him to drop it. That doesn't make any sense. But the flip side to that is, victories cost you like they are very they 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 hit heavy because you want to draft a quarterback and even if you're someone who doesn't think they should draft a quarterback there are teams out there who need one so you can trade back and get more picks and get more assets and help build this offensive line get some them some more weapons on the offense uh because we thought they they had tremendously upgraded uh, at that position, but with injuries to Waller and, and just guys who just haven't lived up to the expectation. Hyatt, I actually think, has been playing really well. He's getting some separation. The Giants just can't get him the ball. But he's had some 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 nice moments this year, and you would hope that he's going to continue to get better in this system. Uh, but right now, it's just, if you're a Giants fan, Harvey, how about you, man? Like, you watching this game. What do you want to see happen today? A W. A win, Really? Yeah, what am, what am I going to care? If, look, this team isn't going anywhere. So I might as well just enjoy what I'm seeing here. Last week was nice to watch. This week is nice to watch, I hope. I mean, you wanna, But you want to see them continue to win? I got no control over what happens in the future. No fan does. I get that. But I'm saying, what are you rooting for? Oh, if they win. win this game against the Patriots, you have to say, I know the Packers have played well of late. That's a winnable game against the Packers. So now yes. we're at five wins? Five and eight, baby. Then the Saints come up, who stink. That's you, another winnable game. You so, saying uh, six uh, and eight? And who, what are we saying? And maybe Tyrod Taylor's back. Maybe Tyrod's back. Or would you call him Tommy uh, Touchdown DeVito? Or, or, oh, no. Uh, I like the Tumor. ring of it. Uh, Bonnie Tumor was calling him uh, Tommy Touchdown DeVito. So now you're, at, with the, you're playing the Saints, another winnable game. You're going to get smoked by the Eagles. Then you've got the Rams, smoked by the Eagles again. So you could really, you could really be picking late teens, late teens, maybe twentieth. Oh, man, that's that's you cannot, you cannot have this season end that way. You gotta at the very least get a top pick. At the very least, you gotta get a top pick. I'll say this: we at least know that the team's not quitting. They're playing hard. That's good. They yes, st- they they they're playing for day ball. They're mm-hmm. playing for each other. Yep. So they haven't lost anything. They haven't that's, lost like the locker room. So that's that, important. That's very important, and it's a great point by you, which is why um, we we keep you on the program despite your your deficiencies elsewhere. Sure. But remember, like a couple weeks ago, there was that that commentary around Dable, and I thought it was fair. But you know, could last year have been a fluke? Not that he forgot how to coach, but. You start to see the pressure mounting if the team is just lifeless and non-competitive. Like that's a that's 
that's damning, right? Like that's an indictment of the coach, the, the staff, the locker room, and that all falls on the head honcho. So to see them come out there and beat up, not, you know, beat up on the commanders, look competitive, they were still into it, is a good sign for him. You want to see the engagement level still be there. You don't want to see them embarrass themselves. But I don't think you want to see them win games, man. I don't think you want to see them win games. By the way, so I, I'm, I, I've got Fox on my TV screen, and I, I saw the lower third graphic. I can't hear what it is that they're saying. But it looks like what's being reported is that there's some, some tension mounting between Brian Dable and Wink Martindale. Not anything I've heard. Like, what What would you lead you, I guess, to think that the, the tension is really mounting between the two? Like, I can and understand Salah and his defense. And that's like, what's being reported. Connection, but, I, I mean, unless there's something we don't know, then I, w- I would think Wink and Dable should be having a good relationship at this point. Yeah, but it, that's what's, that was on the TV screen. And, it, you know, Jay Glazers is as well-sourced as anyone. Uh, so that's what's being reported. We'll have to do some more research and, and dig into that. And Ari Merov... Um, just put out uh, this tweet as well. He says, there has been tension building between Giants head coach Brian Dable and uh, defensive coordinator Wink Martindale, and they are in a bad place per Jay Glazer. It's to the point where there could be a mutual parting after the season and even potentially during the next weeks of the regular season, which is, wow, that that's a bombshell. Tension between Wink, and, and Wink's actually been... One of the bright spots for the Giants the last couple years, because they, you know, their offense didn't do much last year. Their defense was pretty average, but especially late in games, you felt good. Wink, what what he what he did to my Jet offense, and you know everyone's doing to the Jet offense, but Wink was one of the guys you felt good about going forward. So to see this, uh, it's it's like Joe Girardi said, it's not what you want, not at all what you want, and yeah, you can look at. Like some of the things that have happened, you know, they gave up 30 to the Raiders, 49 to the Cowboys, uh, 31 to the Dolphins. I would argue, like, that's not just on the defense. When your offense was as bad as the Giant offense was, and I, I, I can speak to this as, as a fan of a, of a team right now that's being let down by his offense, that could, that could affect your defense. That can absolutely affect your defense. So, again, it's something we'll continue to monitor. But, you know, Jay Glazer on Fox did report there's some tension building between Dable and Wink. And it's to the point where there could be a mutual parting after the season and potentially during these next few weeks of the regular season. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. All right, Ty Butler going till 2 o'clock right here on 98.7 ESPN. Larry Hardesty coming on after us. We've got the Knicks and the Suns from the Garden tonight. Who's on the call of this game? Is my, my guy Don LaGreca doing the play-by-play tonight? I'm going to have to take a look into that. Honestly, I don't know off the top of my head. Don, I would Don's hope so because awesome. he's been killing it. Like uh, the game he did with Han, it. that was great. Oh, man, him and Han got a chance to, to link up on Friday night. And I know my uh, my guy Allen was was uh, beside himself because last year there was this thing going on where every time Allen called the game, the Knicks lost. Uh, so he 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 pulled up this year. And I, I believe it was Allen's first uh, game as an analyst this season on the radio broadcast, and they got that victory at home, twenty one point deficit to beat Miami, keep their season uh, in season tournament hopes alive. So that was a fun one. Uh, so looking forward to hearing the call tonight. 
the Michael K. Show holiday party returns on Friday, December 8th at your mother's house in Garden City Park, Long Island, with plenty of giveaways for fans in attendance, including ticket packages from the Jets, Knicks, Rangers, and Islanders, plus special guest appearances by Amani Toomer, my man Rick DiPietro, and more. So mark your advent calendars and get ready to spread some cheer at the Michael K. Show holiday party Friday, December 8th at your mother's house in Garden City Park, Long Island. Brought to you by New York Islanders, Jake's 58 Casino Hotel, Yingling, Traditional Lager and Flight by Yingling, the perfect uh, beers for the holiday season. Security Dodge. Visit securitydodge.com and come get some selection and benefiting the Garden of Dreams Foundation. 800-919-3776. Before we hit your phone calls, as I'm losing my voice, I'm getting emotional. Here was Jay Glazer. I mentioned uh, he's on the Fox pregame show right now. Uh, and They're getting into the Giants situation, but apparently there's some tension brewing between the head coach, Brian Dable, and the defensive coordinator, Wink Martindale. Here's Jake Glazer. The Giants had so much success last season, and this year, kind of pretty interesting what's happened there. Brian Dable, great offense coach. Wink Martindale, great defensive coach. These guys are in a bad place. Bad place to the point where I don't see them actually continuing their relationship after this season, maybe not even during this season. It could be a mutual parting of the ways. When I talk to people inside that organization, they're saying the tension between these two, you could feel it, and it's just getting worse, and it's just odd that it's happened considering how much success they had last year together. Yeah, you're just a couple of months removed from getting into the playoffs with a team that no one expected to to win north of six games. And the success you had last season, this it felt like there was a lot of chemistry between, you know, the coaches with, you know, Wink doing his thing on defense and Giant fans loved it. You had uh Brian Dable, of course, overseeing the offense, but your play caller Mike Kafka. And now when you look at what the offense looked like this year, I get Daniel Jones injuries and the offensive line, but it's not like you love uh what you saw on that side of the ball. And to hear now that you've got some real tension between the coordinator on, on defense and, and, and Brian Dable, Wink and, and, and Dable, could mean that next year you're looking for an entirely, you know, entirely new coaching staff outside of Dable, of course. Like he's the head coach, and now he's gonna bring his two new offensive and, and defensive coordinators in, in here. And I, I'm just shocked to hear this. I, I'm really shocked because I thought that these guys had a great relationship. You know, obviously we're not on the inside, but you figured with, with what they had just experienced, you know, it, all it took was for uh, 11 weeks of a season for that relationship to fracture to the point where he might be let go during the year. That is very surprising. Very, very surprising. Let's hit Tommy in Connecticut. What's up, Tommy? Hi, what's up, my guy? What's going on, bro? Doing all right. So uh, before I get into the point about the Giants, and I totally understand the temptation of people to – because the NFL is different than the you know the other drafts, you can legitimately like project where you're going to pick. You know, there's no lottery. Yeah. You know, baseball players are usually years away from being in the pros, so I get it. But like I was telling Harv, and I'm only guaranteed to watch my team 17 days out of the year. That I cannot, in good conscience, root root against them actively. Like I have no problem. Like if so, you're a Jet fan, you yes. cannot like definitely have the opinion or object like objectively say it would benefit the giants to lose the rest of their games and pick higher. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Like, I think if you're going to call yourself a fan, how do you, how could, especially if you're a, you know, on the air from six to 10, Monday through Friday. (laughs) Oh, you are taking shots at, Oh, nah, we're not going to have that on this program. Dave's my guy, bro. 
Dave, right, is, if anybody takes shots, I know it's nah, you. It's Dave's, <laughs> Dave's Mike. And I, look, I pre, I get it, Tommy. And I appreciate the call. I understand as a fan, and I say this all the time because this happened with me. With uh, you know, can we say just to say tank for Sam? Because you know, you people get all in their feelings these days. You, you, everything's offensive. Tank for Sam. Tank for Zach. I could never naturally root for my guys to lose games. It's just, it's not instinctual. Missed field goals, missed tackles, dropping passes, dropping touchdown passes. Guy running into the running into the end zone, fumbling. Like that's what I'm rooting for. No, I can't in good conscience do that. But uh, long term, it's best for you. It, it, it's best for the organization because you want to go out there. And I understand that the best, the the best GMs can find their quarterback and find their players anywhere. Ideally, the higher you pick, the the more probable it is that you're gonna land with a, a high success rate, especially for an organization now that it, it clearly is dealing with some tension, right? Like Wink could be on his way out. Who knows what's gonna happen with Kafka at the end of this season? Dable is gonna definitely enter next year with some pressure, though. If, if the Giants draft a quarterback, it means you're at least extending this marriage at, at least another two years because there's no way you draft a quarterback and then you change head coaches after the quarterback's rookie season. So you got to at least be committed to Dave before another two years. But I'm just making the point. I understand if you're a fan, you can't root for them to lose. It's just when you get to the end of the season and you're 5-12, five and, and five and 6-11, and 7-9, you feel good about that? Or 7-10, and 10, you feel good about that? Of course not. Uh, Jose's in Brooklyn. What's up, Jose? Hey, good afternoon, Ty. Shout out to the company. Up, Hello, Tom and Carvey. Oh, man. I'm, I'm just here to talk about, you know, our, our New York Jets and, you know, the hilarity that we did watch on, you know, Black Friday. It's, it's you know. It was a very um, black. It was a very dark, dark uh, Black Friday. Oh, definitely. So um, the only thing that saved my night that night was the Knicks winning. So, you know, shout out to them. They're doing great. We'll have more time to talk NBA later. But um, the issue that I have with this New York Jet team is that there's still like I, I feel like a lot of the problem do stem from upper management. And what I mean, upper management is it, it, kind of, you know, more of the ownership, ownership meddling. And I know that some people support it. Some people don't. Um, I'm more of uh, I'm against it because I know who Woody Johnson is. And at the end of the day, this is a very sad, um, tragic affair because, Remember last year, it had to take an owner summit meeting in order for them to say, hey, we're about to lose the locker room in order to sit Zach Wilson down. So the fascination of him being the backup and doing the tutelage and having this red shirt year where we kind of forgot the definition of what a red shirt meant all of a sudden. Yeah, right. It's funny. It's like, oh, this was supposed to be this was supposed to be a red shirt season. Uh no, a red shirt season is when he's not going to play at all. A red shirt season all, isn't yes. isn't oh he's a hit away from coming into the game and that hit happens on you know on this you know, during the season opener. Exactly. So that's kind of where it just got to a point where it just got to the hilarity of it. And I I, I just can't buy the story of the GM having total immunity because I do believe his job is based off of loss and wins as well over time. 
And at the end of the day, I, I just think that this is going to be a sad uh, 30 for 30 when, 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 when we all find out the truth of what happened. Because for, you know, um, our pal, you know, the Joe, Jet Troll Master, Gordon Damer, to suggest that Joe Douglas could be insubordinate like that movie in Draft Day. I think it's hilarious. Yeah, I, who listen, wants someone, they want someone. Gordon, so that, that, that's my point. Gordon, <laughs> I, Gordon. I, Gordon can get these jokes off. He can he can let these jokes ring off. His team has been really good. Where they eight and three now can't beat a team over five hundred, but neither here nor there. So he can get these jokes off. Beating the Jets, uh, it's it's all good and well. Black Friday was a dark day. I mean, it was a discount. Uh, getting wins on a discount for the Dolphins, who just ran all over the Jets, beat them by three scores. He can have his fun. I'll tell you this: the Dolphins are not a contender. They are not winning a Super Bowl. Tua low-key had a, another bad game where the turnovers are becoming a real problem for him. Like both interceptions were just dreadful. Staring receivers down. Brandon Echols stared him down, pick six. DJ Reed stared him down, interception, toe tap the sideline. The Dolphins have a fun offense. Their Super Bowl was 70-20 to 20 over the Broncos, who all of a sudden are winning games and might get a playoff spot. But that was their Super Bowl. Can't beat a good team. You you trust them in the playoffs to beat the Chiefs? Of course you don't. You think they're going to beat the Ravens? Of course not. They can't beat teams over 500. That's not what they're going to do. So have fun, win the division. But the Dolphins are not a threat. Ahmed is in Queens. What's up, Ahmed? Hey, good afternoon. Uh, yeah, I want to talk about the Jets. I want to make two points. Uh, number one, I don't. You take out any teams for starting offensive linemen. I don't think any offense is going to look good. Okay, that's number Fair. one. Number two, yes, Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson was supposed to sit, learn, and you know what? That offense was tailor made for one person and one person only. It was Aaron Rodgers. Players that were mediocre. Aaron Rodgers is the type of quarterback that makes them look good by Correct. throwing to them. So we see the deficiencies, and unfortunately, his reads are different than Zach Wilson. We need to change that offense. Get Zach rolling. I know it's it's hard, right? So these are just like little points. Another point I wanted to point out is I was watching a game, and the Dolphins are always going to the outside. Every time they shifted the tight ends, nobody ever shifted. Linebackers didn't slide. The defensive line didn't slide, and they just ate up the outside. That was one of the points. Another point, and this is the one that I hated the most. Can Wait, real, real quick. Can I, just, can I just say this real quick? Because you just reminded me of something. Sure. Yo, the Dolphins, sure. they do it. So they obviously do a lot of pre-snap motion. They get away with a ton right. of pre-snap penalties that just go uncalled. I mean, false starts. That they go. These officials not paying attention. But go ahead, continue. Yeah, you know what? I did notice that there was a couple of times where two guys were moving and they didn't call it. You have to be set for a second before you snap the ball. But yeah, um, as far as the defense goes, I love our defense. Every player out there is plant busting his butt. But will please inside the ten yard line? Can we please go a little zone and stop those running backs to the left side of the flats? Because those are killing us. All they're doing is they're picking, they're, they're running big plays, and guys are wide open. Not saying nothing against the defense, just just a little thing. Also, I love the Michigan quarterback, man. If we could get that boy, go blue. I uh, love JJ McCarthy. JJ McCarthy. Yeah. Um, I, I will actually watch. Appreciate the call. I actually watched that game yesterday. I, Jets aren't drafting him. They're not drafting a quarterback uh, to begin with. But I did watch uh, Michigan uh, beat Ohio State yesterday. It was a good game. I do want to talk about that coming up. But this is the Ty Butler Show on ninety-eight point seven ESPN. You ready for the most Charger stat of all time? Schefter just put this on Twitter. Since the Chargers drafted Justin Herbert in 2020, they're 30-30. and 30. 
in those 60 games, they scored 1,508 points and given up 1,507 points. That is the most Charger stat of all time. Charger's going to Charger. There's a reason why we've uh, coined that phrase. They, of course, play tonight, Sunday night football at home against the Ravens. Should be a fun one. Baltimore at 8-3. and three. Now have a pat because of the Chiefs' loss on uh, Monday night uh, in uh, Philly. They now have a direct path. They control their own destiny for that number one seed uh, in the AFC. So, big game for Baltimore. Uh, quickly, before we get back to the phone calls at 800-919-3776, the caller brought up um, uh, J.J. McCarthy yesterday. And, you know, it's the first time that – it's the first time in a while that I watched a full college football game that was not a, a playoff game, just a regular season, uh, ended a regular season yesterday. And, you know, I actually felt badly for Ryan Day <laughs> because when the cameras pan to him, he's walking through the tunnel with his head down. And I'm thinking, man, it's amazing that a fan base that has watched their head coach in the last four years go 55-4 and four against opponents not named Michigan are souring him today because the Buckeye, uh, the Buckeyes have now lost uh, three straight to these, this Wolverines team. And it's the first time that that's happened since I believe I, believe I saw it was uh, uh, the 95 season through the 97 season. That's the last time they had lost three straight games uh, to Michigan. And I felt badly. Felt badly because um, the quarterback's name is uh, McCord. Uh, he threw a pick early in the game, allowed Michigan to get on the board. And then, you know, they had an opportunity late to to snatch victory from the jaws of defeat. It was a game that, you know, looked like Michigan was going to run away with. But because of that final drive for the Wolverines where they burned a lot of clock, it kind of helped Ohio State in the sense that, you know, they were burning all their timeouts. Michigan's obviously going to run the ball. So they hold them to a field goal. Now it's about uh, you know, a minute left in this game. No timeouts, down six, and here's where legends are made. And you know, all the Buckeyes fans would tell you, yeah, McCord's not that guy. He's not that guy. He looked like he was about to become that guy. Made a couple of big throws over the middle of the field to get them to, what was it, the, the Michigan 40. Then had a chance, and unfortunately, the, the pressure got to him. Physically, not, not figuratively. It actually, he got to him. They hit him. And he was going to Marvin Harrison Jr. over the middle of the field, and he couldn't quite get the arm strength to get him to, to get it to him because he was getting hit. And the game ends on a on an, on an interception, and it's a big win for Michigan to do it without Harbaugh, who was serving the final game of his uh, three game suspension, which still doesn't make sense to me. If you feel that much conviction about what Jim did, and the program was accused of doing with the cheating. If you feel like it was that much of a crime, you should not be allowed to be around and coach the team during the week. So he's not he's not allowed to coach them on game days, but extend that to he, he can't be around the team for the duration of the suspension. So that didn't make any sense to me. But uh, it's, a, it's a loss that for the Buckeyes, Buckeye Nation, it stinks. Knocks them out of the playoff picture. Spoils their 11-0 season. And... That's the thing about these rivalries. It's great because I'm just watching it as, you know, I'm not a big college football guy. But it was, you know, I, I had a Ohio State fan in my family. He, unfortunately, man, this is rough. How about this? So his, they, they, he brought his family up to Jersey where I am now, at my, my, my parents' house. He's got to travel back to Charlotte. So it's like a, a 10, 11-hour drive. 
they couldn't stay. He couldn't stay to watch the game. He's a diehard Buckeyes fan. Diehard. It's, this is the game. The game of the season. And he had to drive back, so he couldn't even watch the game. He's got to listen to it. And, and it's no disrespect to, like, ra- people on radio do a great job. But for me, when it comes to my anxiety, watching my favorite teams, it's hard for me to just not have a picture to go along with that. So you're, dri- you're already mad because you got to drive 10 hours back down home with, with four kids in the car. And now you, you can't even watch your team. But, yeah, it's a tough loss. And that's the thing about these, these rivalries. Right, it, you play the entire season, but you know only one game matters, and it's Ohio State Michigan. Right, it's it's it, it's the biggest game of the season, and it can either either invigorate you or just suck the life out of you. And that one yesterday just stung. It hurt because you had a chance. You had you had a chance on the final drive. That's all you could have asked for. If I told any Buckeyes fan, uh, uh, you get a chance. You're down six, no timeouts, but you get a chance to march down the field and win this game. In that stadium, are you signing up for that? Of course you are. Uh, but shout out to um, to the Wolverines; they'll be in the playoffs, and um, Ohio State will be on the outside looking. And another uh, big game yesterday. How about Bama? Almost losing to Auburn. They needed a, a fourth and th- fourth and goal from what was it? The thirty-one. A fourth and goal from the thirty-one yard line to win that game. To, to beat Auburn 27-24. Fourth and 31. Bama keeps their hopes alive. And, and I hate when defensive coordinators psych themselves out. Why are you sitting a three-man rush in that, in that position? Do the math. Three against five. The quarterback's going to have all the time in the world. And then, you know, he, he found his receiver in the back of the end zone. So, you know, Bama keeps their playoff hopes alive. Of course, they're going to have to upset Georgia in the uh, SEC championship game. But that's a big-time win for uh, Milroe. Jalen Milroe found Isaiah Bond in the back of the end zone. Kept their playoff hopes alive. 800-919-3776. Let's quickly hit Will in Staten Island. What's up, Will? Hey, um, Will in Staten Island here. Um, I'm a comedian. I go by Buddha, so it might be Buddha in Staten Island, either one. I got my tinfoil hat on right now, Ty. Okay. All right. Let's do it. It's not a hat. It's a helmet because I've been getting beat in my head a lot. So it's a tinfoil helmet. All right. How about the? How about what if the the Jets keep pulling Zach Wilson and putting him out there just because he looks the part, just because he looks like a quarterback, good look, the good looking thing. You know, he has the tools, yeah, but we all know he sucks. Why they keep putting this guy out there? Because he looks the part. He looks like wouldn't you want that face to be your franchise quarterback? You know what I mean? I'm I'm lo- I'm be honest I'm I'm lost I have no idea. I'm what's thinking, going on. I'm thinking because the guy looks good because the guy looks like the part like looks like a quarterback that you would want for your team the face of a franchise. But he's not you know starting I mean? anymore. I know, but that's why would they keep putting him out there if he's not good at all? Like he's not really I, good. Yeah, no, well, I think I think it's because they were trying to salvage what was a, a failed pick. They drafted him number two overall just three years ago. And they're they're trying to convince themselves that he can be saved, because you don't want to just completely you know punt on a guy you taken with the second overall pick in twenty twenty one. So I don't think it's because he looked the part. You watch him on the field; he's awful. Chris in Williamsburg, what's up, Chris? Hey, how you doing? Thank you for taking my call. No problem. Man. Um, just wanted to hit on you know the notion of like hoping that your team tanks for the rest of the year makes you not a fan. See, I think there's a way to 
be very creative with that. I think that you can run the ball the whole rest of the season, get really good at that. Run the Wildcats the rest of the season. From here on out, pretend this is preseason until next year. Get really good at something. Like, don't try to do these whack schemes that don't do anything. I'm not telling people to drop the ball and miss tackles, but, like, let's focus on something. What are yeah. we really bad at? Let's you do got... that for the rest of the year against actual opponents and get good but Chris, at Chris, if you are in that locker room and you're not tied to that organization long term, let's say you're, you're in a contract season, what, what type of message are you sending to that player? That they, like, we all know what's happening. So you're you're goofing around with Wildcats and and you know let's have our third string wide receiver throw passes down the field like you're doing that but it's just upsetting the guys in that locker room who week after week show up and are putting their lives on the line. I appreciate the call. I I, I get what you're trying to say. Dress it so that it looks differently. In the end, like the the the, the tanking part of it can't be done by coaches and by players. It's just I'm saying as a fan, that's what you have to be rooting for. Quickly, let's hit uh, Matt in Stanford. What's up, Matt? Hey, Matt, hey, what's going on? Thanks for taking the call. Appreciate, appreciate you making the call. call. man. How you doing? Hold up, man. These um, cops, the sirens, they might be after me, bro. You hear the sirens? I know, I know. They, they yeah, might be man, after around. me. <laughs> what's up, man? What you got? Oh, uh, yeah. So I'm just, I, I just want to talk about the whole tanking thing and, like, you know, ways to tank and everyone's bringing it up. You know, I'm a, I'm a life long suffering Jets fan like you are so you know every year we're giving this bill of goods for hope and, and boom it's taken away like that in, in four plays this year um, but you talk about the draft position and you know not tanking on purpose but some of these games are so important if the Jets didn't win that last game in what was it 2020 against the Bills on the final game of the year they would have had the first overall pick, and they would have gotten. Oh no! Mark. You mean the That's you mean the, the the Rams? The Rams? They beat the Rams. The Ra- oh, the Rams game. I'm sorry. I'm. Sorry. And it was like the so, second to so, last I mean, week of the season. One- yeah, it wasn't the last week. It was like a, it was so, a couple weeks left in the season. Okay. But yeah, that that okay. Rams game. Right. So I mean, they, they weren't going anywhere anyway. So I mean, these games that they're going to win are, are so like you get transcendent talent. You know that that they're off by this. You know this one win and that's why the Giants are gonna stack up these wins and, and they're gonna they're gonna position themselves completely out of, you know, some real, real good talent at the top. Yeah. I I listen, uh, I appreciate the call. I, I agree with that. And that's which is why I say the Giants gotta be losing these games. The players Go out there, play hard. The coaches put them in position to win the games, but if you are a, a fan of these teams, you gotta be room for losses. This is the Ty Butler show. On 98.7 ESPN. Six games, six picks to the house. Pick six, touchdown! This is the Pick Six. All right, let's do it. No Brandon Jacobs today to uh, go back and forth with me, but maybe we'll use uh, Tom, who I know sometimes likes to dabble. I don't think he actually gambles, but he's pretty good at uh, picking games against the spread. I'm not touching Saints-Falcons. I know Desmond Ritter's back today. I, I, that just sounds like a nasty game, so I'll avoid that. Steelers in Cincinnati to take on the Bengals. We know, of course, no T. Higgins, no Joe Burrow. Uh, Burrow out for the season. Steelers coming off of uh, a week where they just fired their offensive coordinator, Matt Canada. They never do that. They never get rid of coaches during the season, so it, it just 
told you how desperate they were to get this thing going just because now you look at it and they're within striking distance of maybe not just getting to a playoff uh, via the wild card, but in contention for this division. They play the, the Ravens week 17. So that offense had to get moving. It uh, looks like the report is that uh, they'll try to get George Pickens more involved and see what he can do. Uh, but the Steelers on the road in Cincinnati, I like the minus two and a half. Tom, you, you okay with this? Uh, does this uh, float your boat? Yeah, I think so. The Steelers somehow have this weird like voodoo magic going on about them. And the Bengals, obviously, with their banged-up quarterback situation, I'd hammer the Steelers in this matchup, absolutely. All right, let's go to MetLife Stadium, where the Giants are hosting the Patriots. Don't get this confused with 2007 and 2011 with those Super Bowls. This is not that. Tom Brady, Eli Manning not walking through that door. That over-under being set at 35.5 tells you just how ugly Vegas is expecting this game to be. I cannot, for the life of me take the Patriots being favored by four and a half points against anybody seriously. The Giants last week uh, at home, right? Were the Giants at home at the game against Washington or was that in Washington? That It was in Washington. Uh, they were, they were, it got up to like nine and a half points. And I'm thinking Washington's not good enough to be nine and a half point favorites against anybody. Patriots aren't good enough to be four and a half points against anybody. And Belichick playing this, like, just silly charade of, uh, I don't know who our quarterback is. Mac Jones going to get the start. But it was either terrible quarterback or terrible quarterback. Mac Jones likes to throw the ball to the other team. He's got 10 touchdowns, 10 interceptions this year. And, and this is not even to me about the Giants. It's more about the Patriots. Four and a half point favorites, I guess, when you consider what Belichick does to uh, rookie and, and, and young quarterbacks. Uh, that's why Vegas has the line like this. Uh, the expectation maybe is that their defense will get a touchdown, but I like the Giants uh, plus four and a half in this game. Now I'm not saying they'll win it, but I, I just can't take New England being favored by damn near five points seriously. Well, how about this, Ty? I'm looking on ESPN's lines right now. The FPI gives the Patriots a 73% chance to win this game. To they me, should- though, that is way too high in my opinion. It's I don't way care too what, high. I don't care what Belichick does to young guys. The Giants and Tommy DeVito are more of a sure thing than anything the Patriots have going for them right now. Yeah, no Dexter Lawrence, so that's going to hurt the uh, defense today uh, for the Giants. Then you get the report from Jay Glazer that there's some uh, tension between uh, Dable and Wink. So I don't know why in my mind I could just see that defense coming apart. They lose one of their best players, maybe their best player on defense, and then uh, uh, the reports today. So who knows what will happen. But I'm with you, man. I I I think the Giants plus four and a half is the play today. Moving on to what could be maybe the best game of the day. We'll see. Six and four Texans hosting the seven and three Jaguars. Uh, This game is for, I guess, sole possession of first place in that AFC South division that everyone before the season had Jacksonville winning. Everyone. No one saw C.J. Stroud coming. Because not only could he be the rookie of the year, he's in the MVP conversation. Just shy of 3,000 yards, 17 touchdowns, just five picks. And he was turning the ball over all over the place last week, but they still were able to come out of that game uh, with the victory. Uh, The Texans were. But C.J., Got a chance to win a good performance today. Get his team into first place in that division. And that game last week was against the Cardinals. Uh, the Texans have won three straight games. They beat the Buccaneers, beat the Bengals, beat Arizona. And they look to make it four straight. So I like the Texans plus one and a half in this game today. Go C.J. Stroud. Let's go 
uh, to the Chiefs on the road in Vegas against the Raiders. Look, Kadarius Tony doesn't look like he's going to play. Uh, the Chiefs have been dealing with issues in the second halves of these games. Three straight games, they've failed to score a point, a single point in the second half. And the report is that, you know, Reed's been trying to figure it out. They're doing some self-diagnosis, seeing if they can get their guys in better position. Really, it's the drops that you're concerned about. Because if they simply catch the ball, by the way, Patrick Mahomes, not the MVP. But if some of these drops didn't happen, his numbers would be more gaudy. And he would look better. Like, the, the he would look better as the MVP of the league. But they're 7-3, 9.5-point favorites. I love the Chiefs in this game. Uh, there are... I think that loss to the Broncos a couple weeks ago was their first road um, loss in the division with Mahomes at quarterback. And look, nine and a half is a big number. The Chiefs can't score a lot of points, but I think today is a get-right game for them. Uh, let's go to Philadelphia. The Eagles are favored by a field goal against the Bills. I love the Bills fans who all week want to tell you that they figured it out. Oh, my God. The Bills are back, baby. Josh Allen is back. I know I'm going to sound like a hater. But those guys must already be screaming with their chest out, pumping their chest, jumping through those infernal lace tables, taking shots of tequila. Because there's no way you watch the Bills beat the Jets and think that, yeah, now this means that we're back. It's the roller coaster we've seen from Josh Allen throughout his career. Every single season, he's the leader in interceptions. Every single season... You wonder, yes, is he the best quarterback in football when he's right? Sure. But when he's not right and he's turning the ball over, he looks like a guy that's just ready to give games away. And by the way, if the playoffs started today, uh, the Super Bowl pick that people have had the last three years picking the Bills, they'd be on the outside looking in. And that's before they travel to Philadelphia, Kansas City, and return home to play the Cowboys. So, no, I'm not in on the Bills. I love the Eagles in this game today. I guess it's a short week. Lane Johnson coming up on the injury report. That's not good for that offensive line, especially uh, when looking to utilize that tush push. But I think the Eagles find a way to get this game today, and they improve to 10-1, and the first team in the NFL to get to 10 wins. Let's go to, what is that, four games I picked so far? Chiefs, Eagles, uh, I took the Texans, I took the Giants, and I took the Bengals. That's five games. All right, so the last game I'll take, uh, let's look at um, Sunday Night Football, Ravens-Chargers. It's a field goal game. Chargers playing a lot of field goal games. I told you in their last 60 games, they're 30 and 30. They've outscored their opponents by one point in the last 60 games. I think tonight they lose by a field goal. So I like the Ravens minus three. 800-919-3776. That is your pick six segment. Tom Bauer, how do we do? I think we did pretty solid. I'm in pretty much lockstep with you. And I'll give you a bombshell one that may, I was just brewing up maybe. Uh-oh. Let's hear it. That how about the good. Cardinals beating the Rams possibly today? Now, it, it sounds outrageous. I get it. But Kyler Murray has played fairly well. That's why it's not our. I don't think it's outrageous. But, yeah, let me hear your explanation. So here's the reason. Since he's come back, they've played the Falcons and the Texans. They're 1-1, one and one, and they're two extremely close games. They beat the Falcons 25-23. The Texans, have they lost to them 21-16. However, when you look at the Rams, they're really not scoring that much. Call it whatever you want, and I can't trust their defense really either. They beat the Seahawks last week 17-16. Then they lost to the Packers 20-3, and then the Cowboys 43-20, what the heck? What have you? They're not averaging that many points this season. I think Kyler Murray and that offense I trust more than the Rams. They're just two mysteries, but I'm going to trust Kyler Murray just a little bit more like than the Rams. It. I like it. There you go, Tom Bauer. See, Tom Bauer is already 
provided more value in the three minutes that he just spoke just now than Harvey's done all week. And I was with Harvey today and with him on Thanksgiving Day. Harvey, what do you have to say for yourself? Nothing. Nothing.